Hello and welcome to the Life on Leverage podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Sells, and joining me as always is your other co-host, Sam Johnson. Today we are interviewing Matt Perman, the Director of Career Development at the King's College. Matt has written two books and has been working at King's for the past two years and has grown the Career Development Department into an impressive, well-run machine. Today we'll be chatting with Matt about the new six-step process that he has developed for King students and other college students around the country to launch compelling and impactful careers. We will also be talking about the Life on Leverage podcast and what kind of content you can be expecting from us, as well as some of our mission and story behind starting the podcast. Stick around at the end to hear Matt's tips and advice for college students trying to launch their own career into the financial industry, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's get right into it. Hey, Matt. Thanks for coming on the Life on Leverage podcast. How are you doing today? Doing good. I'm glad to be here. Excited about this podcast. Awesome. Uh, Let's just dive straight into it with a few uh, icebreaker questions. Um, What's your favorite neighborhood in New York City? So that's a good question because uh, it's funny. I hadn't thought about that as much as I should. And thinking about this helps me appreciate the city better. So I have actually two categories. First is favorite neighborhood to live in, and that's the Upper West Side where I live, which I really enjoy, and it's right next to Central Park. And so I go running for my, I go running five days a week, and I just go running right in Central Park. It's amazing, I love it. And then in terms of a New York City neighborhood that I just love to check out and walk around in and, and visit, I really like uh, Tribeca, and then actually I love Midtown. I, you know, I know some people they'll say they don't like Midtown at all; it's too busy and stuff. I love it. And did, when you moved to Upper West Side, did you know beforehand that you this is where you wanted to live, or did you just kind of find a place and go there and then fall in love with it? I did know that it was where I wanted to live because I had known some people hmm. before who lived in Upper West Side, so I got familiar with it. Um, though I. I wasn't at first planning to live in the Upper West Side. I was looking all over the place, but it turned out these were the, there were a couple apartments that stood out to me most in the Upper West Side. And I picked one of those and I'm very glad that I did. Before I leave New York City, which hopefully doesn't happen for a long, long time, I want to spend some time living in the Upper West Side, so. It's amazing. All right, next question. Uh, What's your favorite restaurant in New York City? So, such a good question. So many good restaurants and I just, and just a half block from me is uh, Columbus Avenue, which is lined with amazing restaurants. Uh, I think my favorite is like one more avenue over. It's called Mamoya. It's sushi. And it's just amazing. Mm. Such really good sushi or sashimi. That's like sushi without the rice. And uh, they have this great sashimi feast they bring out which is just my favorite and, wow. and the whole restaurant has great atmosphere hmm. we'll have to add that to the list sam we'll have to go there next yeah. semester if they're open uh we'll <laughs> see if they make it through covid in new york so that's right i sure hope they do all right our final icebreaker question um what's your favorite thing to do in the city and why i think i mean there's so many amazing things to do in the city right now i really like city bike riding through the city on a city bike and it's a great way to see the city experience things i i love riding on that trail along the hudson river and city bike just makes it a a, 
I don't know, an interesting experience because you got, what, a half hour before you have to usually um, pull the bike into another rack and then check out a new one if you want to keep going or whatever. It's kind of an enjoyable experience. I think they're an innovative company. Um, and I, I always like it when, when companies are like that. Riding city bike was one of my favorite things I did when I was back in May. I think, you know, used to, I thought there's no way that you can ride a bike in Manhattan. It'd be so dangerous and be so many cars, but it's surprising how well bike paths are made. And just like the thing on the Hudson that you were talking about, it's actually surprisingly easy and enjoyable. So. Yep. I agree. As uh, someone that's lived in York for two years now, I'm sad to say that I've never ridden a city bike before. So oh, man. I'm going to have to add that to the list for next semester. Yep, you're going to have to do it. And it's so easy. You download the app and, um, and basically you're off. All right, Matt. Well, I think we want to jump in and kind of, this is our introductory Welcome to the Life on Leverage podcast. So we might talk briefly about what the podcast is um, and kind of our connection with you and career development at King's. But kind of initially when Sam and I were thinking about making this podcast, we were reflecting over the past two years about what's meant the most to us when thinking about a career in finance. And really what's helped us so much is just the conversations we've had, we've had with people. It's not been necessarily marketplace visits or sitting down and going to networking events or things like that. It's just been having coffee with someone, hearing about their story, asking them about what they do and what their role is. And so we kind of want to copy that model of just a casual informational interview chat and bring it to undergrads all around Kings and hopefully in other places in the country. And so that's kind of our goal and our audience is definitely, you know, Sam and I are coming from a non-target perspective, which I'm sure lots of people who will listen will be familiar with. But for those of you that aren't, a non-target is someone coming from basically a non-Ivy League school or a school that isn't being directly recruited by major institutions, banks, um, consulting firms, places like that. And so at King's, we'd be considered non-target because we're not being actively recruited. And so there's lots of things that make those experiences different. And uh, I've preferred one love Kings and it's not a bad experience. It just means there's a little bit of a barrier into getting into great firms, especially in New York city. And so we kind of want to build this podcast to help those students uh, because just normally we have less opportunities to connect with people and meet with people. And since Sam and I have been blessed to be in New York and connect with people for a few years, um, we're kind of hoping to pay that forward to other students coming into Kings. Um, and so most of the content will just be informational interviews, basic conversations. Um, and, but we'd love to talk to you about why you think this is exciting for Kings and career development and what your thoughts on it are. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited about it for so many reasons. Um, so it's like, where do I start? Uh, first, what a creative idea where, where you recognize the extra challenge for being at a non-target school. Um, and you're actually turning that into an asset, a, a way of actually helping people. And I think you, be, you can become an even more effective candidate by overcoming an obstacle like that. And of course, of all the non-target schools, um, I mean, it's so, I mean, I understand why King's is not a target school because of the size. I mean, that's, that's why. Um, but the students are on par with the students at target schools. I've had professors uh, at Princeton at other Ivy League schools who've interacted with our students say they are um, of the same caliber. And so I, I tell you, companies will benefit and do benefit from hiring King students. And the King students are industrious, capable, mm -hmm. and um, able to find their ways 
into these key institutions. And this is another way of helping them do that and helping them understand careers. So looking at things from a, a career development perspective, and we talk about one of the main steps in career development is actually to learn about careers. And you do that by talking with people as well as things like internships. But another way of doing that is resources like this podcast. This is gonna be so helpful to students to hear, hear real world perspective from professionals, from leading professionals um, in, in the world of finance. And they're gonna get ideas. They're gonna get more familiar with the industry, which is going to help them in job interviews. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be able to show that, that they understand the landscape much more deeply and better. It's gonna help them know their own interests. It's gonna basically help prepare them to launch their career well and build it well. Hmm. And then I just, I, the other thing, the other reason I'm so excited about this, and I wish I had better words to describe it, but I'm the type of person who loves great ideas. And by great ideas, I mean something like, for example, I love the company Apple. There's just something about the way Apple does things. They care about design as a total concept. They're innovative, though sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're a little, <laughs> a little behind. <laughs> but they have this factor in how they do things that, that's remarkable. Uh, City Bike, mm -hmm. I mentioned. There's just something remarkable about how they do things. Um, companies that have uh, this unique sense of what meets needs, and they do it in a way that has style, and solves problems in a unique way. I just love stuff like that. And I feel like this podcast is exactly that type of thing. Well, yeah, thank you. That was great, Matt. I definitely, it's almost, there's almost a sense of excellence that comes with being innovative and doing something well, even, even if it may not be as run as smoothly as some other companies are, maybe like you're talking about Apple, there's something about the innovative factor, the bringing new ideas and that's so creatively solving a problem that just elevates a company to the next level. But we hope we can do that here. Um, and so we, you know, we've, we've, we have on our website, a little blurb about career development in part because it's helped Sam and I so much kind of the people that we've been able to connect us cool. to the conversations with you, Sam, why don't we dive in? Yeah. Uh, Matt, give us a little bit of a overview about your career. We'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. You know, I think I could start my career by saying um, it started with a bad experience with career development mm. at my college in, in, um, in Iowa. I grew up in Iowa and went to the University of Northern Iowa because I got a full ride presidential scholarship. And wow. then I was like, you know, I wonder if I could get paid to go to college. So I applied for some more scholarships and, and uh, got a couple more. So I, I, I got paid to go to college. Wow. Um, very different from the way it is now. Things have changed a lot with the mm. cost way, way going up. Um, but I actually had a hard time knowing what to do. Uh, <clears throat> I originally started as a business major and I wanted to be something like a, a consultant or, or something in business, but I did not have a great idea of what types of jobs there were in mm. business. I just, so this goes really to the step of a career discovery. I didn't, do that step. I didn't know how to do that step. I didn't know you were supposed to. So I actually left my business major in part because I didn't, 
I didn't have a good idea on what the jobs were, but I did know this. And even though I think at the time, the way I made the decision wasn't the best, it was probably the best decision. Cause what I observed in myself is I really liked writing. I really liked advocating for important ideas and helping people understand foundational truths that make a big impact on their lives. And I loved writing and speaking. And I had a friend who switched to a philosophy major and in a philosophy major, you are able to do that. Mm. That's basically what it's all about. So um, I ended up switching to a philosophy major and okay. it was amazing. I, I learned, I, I got to really develop my skills of writing, standing up for um, important ideas, learning how to, um, uh, how to debate, not in a, aggressive way but the exact opposite how to have differences of opinion with people where um you have great conversations in a respectful way and you uh, aim to understand them and one of the neat things it's called uh, the hermeneutical golden rule before you have a right to disagree with someone at least in writing or or in a public forum uh you have to be able to restate their position in a way that they would agree with. My teachers just embodied that. And uh, I, I just think it was such a valuable experience. So anyway, problem though. <laughs> when I graduated, I had no idea yeah. what, what to do. And to- you learned, you learned how to think though. You, you learned a great way of how to think. I did, I learned how to think. That was absolutely valuable one of the yes one of the most valuable skills i've learned and oh to tie this into the career development department one time i went to the career development department somehow i figured out they had one and i needed help with my resume i went in instead of doing like what most departments do now they have a coaching session you know resume coaching session they'll edit your resume with you stuff like that they gave me this big binder of examples of resumes most of these resumes were terrible. <laughs> more than that, I had no idea what to make of this, how to know right, right. what the general principles were. I, it was not helpful at all. And so I was moved on, didn't get any help from them. But long story short, um, the Lord provided something wonderful. Um, I, I, I applied for a lot of business jobs. Even though I switched to a philosophy major, I still tried to go into <laughs> into uh, the business world just for a short period mm. of time because I decided I wanted to go to seminary and I have some funny stories I'll maybe tell another time of mistakes I made in interviews and stuff but um, no jobs were panning out because I was making significant interview mistakes like for example I would let them know I didn't plan and st on staying the, to the, in the job for a very long time because I'd be going to seminary <laughs> big mistake they're like you might be a great <laughs> candidate but like you're not going to be around long enough for our investment to pay off. Mm. Like good grief. Um, but anyway, an opportunity opened up at John Piper's ministry. John Piper is a well-known pastor or, or he was, he's retired from pastoring. Now he teaches and, and speaks and things like that. But uh, he, his church was in Minneapolis, just four hours uh, North of where I grew up in Iowa. And a bunch of us came across his writings in college and were just really transformed by them. They were just really amazing, gave us a big vision of God. And there was a great movement on our campus of people coming to just love and embrace this, this vision of God. And 
we learned he was opening, starting a mm. seminary. Wow. Uh, and so me and a bunch of friends and then a bunch of other people that weren't going to do the seminary moved up there mm. after college. And then um, there, an opening came about at his ministry called Desiring God. It was answering phones, but I was like, mm. I'll take it. What wow. do I Piper work with these wow. people? So I started. Um, so even though I couldn't get a business job, I got this job. It was a, a dream to, you know, be able to work, uh, uh, for, for Piper. And I stayed there for 13 years. I just kept working my way up to, mm. to sum this up or to close this up. So I'm not giving too long of an answer. Um, I transitioned. So I grew, you know, kept getting promoted and I kept learning things the, the, the hard part of working at desiring God, which is common to almost any nonprofit is, um, you, you had to learn, you had to teach yourself. Mm. So you'd be given these big responsibilities, which is awesome. That's an important career principle for managers, giving big jobs to people while mm. they're still young. Very, very important. And Piper was very good at that. But um, nobody on staff knew how to do these jobs usually because they were new. I mean, mm. it was the new economy at, at, at its beginning point. And there's all these jobs coming about that didn't exist before. I had a role director of internet strategy. What's that even mean? Um, so I would be given these big jobs and I'd have to figure out how to do them. So I do a lot of research. I would use what I learned in my philosophy major, the thinking skills and research skills. Mm. I said, I'm going to research uh, these jobs. So I know how to do them really well and research management and leadership. So I got a great education and I had a wonderfully generous employee development budget. So I could go to uh, workshops, seminars, uh, take trips when needed. Those were usually for, you know, business meetings or, or, or things like that, or Piper was speaking. Uh, but I was able to go to conference, industry conferences mm -hmm. and events and just learn a lot. So anyway, I transitioned from answering phones to running the bookstore, uh, and which included conference bookstores mm -hmm. and all this stuff, to then launching uh, a radio program, nationwide radio program that, Pipe, that was Piper's, consisted of Piper Sermons to running the website and wow. re redesigning that and launching that in a, in a big new way with all of his audio sermons online for free. Mm. And from that to director of strategy of the organization. And then I wrote my book, What's Best Next on a Biblical View of Productivity. Wow. So, yeah. Could you tell so us more about your book? career in a bit of a snapshot. I mean, I'm leaving out probably a lot of very interesting things mm. and even career development concepts there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a snapshot. Well, it even shows, you know, it, it started, it wasn't in, in many ways, it wasn't like you were recruited to do something. You just like someone, you were passionate about them and you followed them and it ended up being a great learning experience for you. And you stayed there for many years. So that's an inspiring to hear that it's not always, it's not always about a certain position or job you want just to follow the things that you're passionate about. Wow. Yeah, that's a great point. And like the way a lot of the career development folks are putting it today is now careers are largely built, hmm. not followed. So the, in the prior era, there would be a predetermined career path that you would follow. It would be a clear path. You'd know what to expect. One job led to the next. Most people stayed at the same company their whole life. And that's gone. Hmm because technology has changed everything. And now in, you, you don't follow a career path, you build a career path. 
which means there's a lot more choices and a lot of unexpected turns you're going to take. And so now this makes career development more important than ever. Now you need to know how to manage your own career trajectory and growth and know how to adapt to new mm. situations and know what your interests are, what your gifts are, and how to match those to needs and the new opportunities that mm. keep popping up. And I feel like that's what I was, what I had to do. That's what happened to me. I wish I had known more of the principles for navigating that type of world mm. that I do now and that I try to teach to the students at King's so that they are prepared. Wow. Um, so I, I should say during, during a lot of this, I would sometimes have, as, as much as I loved my job, loved working for John Piper and the people at the organization, and the, by the way, that's an important consideration. Who are you working with? Are they quality people? Do you enjoy working with them? As much as I loved my job and where I was, I also had this uncertainty. I was like, am I doing the right thing? I, I don't even know how to make mm. career choices uh, and what's next. Cause I always felt like I, I can't stay there my whole life. I don't know. I just felt like there were additional things I needed to do, like write the, write the book and, and, and I didn't know what, but I didn't feel equipped to take the next step mm. because I didn't understand career development uh, the way I, I, I really needed to. So I did have a type, I don't know, a type of anxiety. Um, and part of that also came from seeing like, hey, I, I would think back to my dad and his career and he was at the same company his whole life and like, mm. um, and in a very predetermined path. And like I saw, it's a different world, but I didn't know how to navigate that. So it created a bit of anxiety um, um, to, to, to be sure. And that's part of why I, I realized the importance of starting to learn about career development. I started doing that on my own before, well before coming to King's. Right, no, yeah, I, I think that's a, an important consideration, definitely. Like you said, there's so many choices out there now. And, you know, if you look at anybody's LinkedIn, especially in finance, you know, there's so many different lateral opportunities that being able to understand how to strategically navigate um, that kind of an environment is really important because, you know, you've only got so many years, so many productive years in the workforce and you don't want to spend, you know, one or two of those at a place that isn't really going to help you out and you're not very passionate about. Yep. So true. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, about your book and what just maybe a quick snapshot. What is the What's Best Next by Matt Perman? Yeah. So um, it is a gospel-centered approach to productivity. Um, I decided to write it in college I, because I loved writing and I would just do it for fun so I could teach, teach what I was learning and understand it. I, I got a sense then I, I should write some books uh, in my life. And I was really into theology and apologetics in college, uh, still am. And, uh, but when I got my, when I started working for Piper, after uh, I started working for Piper before seminary, it was right after college, as we talked about, but then I went to seminary and after seminary is when I was given the big role of launch a radio program. And I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to do my job well. And I started learning about productivity and a great guy, great leader on staff named Bill Walsh introduced us to David Allen's book, Getting Things Done. 
and then Jim Collins, good to great. And I read them and I'm like, <laughs> these are great. And I decided I wanted to learn business and productivity as well as I learned theology. Mm. So I started reading a ton and with productivity, I developed my own approach to keep track of my tasks, organize my time and priorities well mm. so I could be effective. And David Allen's book was very helpful. And there's a lot of books on productivity, but there's not a lot from a biblical perspective. And I think it's important for Christians to be engaged with the world, not just create our own little enclaves where we're off sheltered by ourselves. We have to be engaged. Mm. And we need to be able to do our work as well as non-Christians. We need to be just as excellent. Unfortunately, for the last several decades, Christians haven't necessarily had that reputation of being excellent in their work. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to you know, help be a part of changing that. And so I developed a productivity approach. Um, at first, I was going to write a book for a secular audience. But Piper said to me, what are you doing? You, you've got all this theological knowledge. Don't leave that behind. Write a Christian book. Christians need this. And I was like, okay, I guess you're right. So I decided I was going to um, make the book um, a biblical approach to productivity. And it was amazing to make those connections. And I'm glad I did because, like I said, there, there was almost nothing on that. And so there was a big need. And the approach goes into, it's really on how to design your life. Productivity is a piece. Productivity, strictly defined, is being more efficient, getting more done in last, less time. But really, the best thinkers on the subject say you got to go beyond that to effectiveness, getting the right things done. It doesn't matter how quickly you're getting something done if you're doing the wrong thing in the first place. So you got to care about getting the right things done. How do we know what the right things are? That brings us up into the level of long-term goals, life vision, values, purpose. And those things take us right into the heart of the biblical revelation. I mean, purpose goes right to why God has us on this planet and what he's trying to do and how he wants us to join him in his work. And we need to let that shape how we go about our goal setting and all of our productivity. So the book kind of gives into that, goes into that. It's basically, it's how to live your life in a way that's effective and fulfilling and allows you to be a part of fulfilling God's purposes for the world. Wow. That's, that's absolutely tremendous. I think, you know, especially if we talk, maybe briefly mentioned King's mission statement essentially is to impact strategic institutions with a biblical worldview. And that can only be done through success and excellence. I mean, I think that's what part of the reason why we're making this podcast is to say that it is, we're showing the stories of people that have gotten into the biggest banks in the world and are thriving there, but are coming at it from a Christian worldview and they have to be highly skilled and productive, efficient and effective. So yep. I'm, that's great, Matt. That's exactly it. What I, what I, my work on what's best next in developing my, my thinking, uh, it, it just fits so well with the mission of Kings. And that's one reason I was so thrilled um, when this opportunity at Kings opened up to run the career development department. Kind of going along with that, um, at Kings, you've developed this, amazing process to help uh, non-targets kind of identify and uh, strategize about their career. Could you walk us through that? Yes. So I, I did what I typically do. I read 
like 30 books on career development. I'd already done, I'd already done a lot of research and work on career development before being at King's, but I was like, okay, now I'm going to take an extra deep dive. And uh, I analyzed what the best thinkers had to say along with my own experience and just principles of business in general or any really any career field in leadership and boiled things down to a six step process. And so here they are. Uh, I'm really excited about this process. And right now we're designing our systems around this for the upcoming year. I'll just, first I'm gonna, wonder if I should talk about them one at a time or list them all first. Don't there, you, you see a, a remaining time up in the top. Don't worry about that. We'll, it will we'll upgrade and give us a free time. So don't worry oh, about great. time. So I'm not going to be just shut down. Okay, great. Okay, so I'll just go through kind of one at a time here um, briefly. The first is learn the philosophy. So there, there is a philosophy of career development and there's a philosophy for success in the world of work. And you need to know that. And the, that philosophy shapes all the other steps. You're able to do the rest of it better if you know the philosophy. And two big points on the philosophy. First is generosity. This needs to govern everything we do in our careers. And that's revolutionary. Because most of the time when people think of careers, they think of self-interest. Uh, pursuing your own goals, making money for yourself, advancement, promotions, all that stuff. All of those are good. I'm not knocking self-interest. I'm saying we need to go beyond self-interest and let the interest of others be our primary guide, actually. And this actually makes sense with what a career really is and how to be effective in the marketplace. Um, because the only way you're gonna succeed in your career is if you are delivering value to your employer. That's the biblical concept of service. So I'm saying let the guiding principle be, how can I best serve my employer? How can I best provide value to others? And saying, do that not just because it benefits you, that's the self-interest part, which is okay, but I'm saying also do it because you want your employer to benefit. Do it because you want them to be better off, actually care about the other person and your colleagues. That's what I mean by generosity. I, I mean something much different than just giving away a lot of money. I'm not even talking about money. Hmm. I'm being, I mean being generous with your emotions and, and your, your talent and your skills and your work, but more than that, even caring about others. We could use the word love, actually. Mm. Um, love is the killer app is the name of this awesome book by Tim Sanders, which, um, goes into a philosophy very similar to this. He argues love is the point of new, uh, it, love is the new point of differentiation in business. It's those who care about others and are good at what they do. And because they care about others, they share their knowledge, mm. network, and compassion. Those are the employees who build a, an outstanding brand and get the promotions because people want to work with them because they're helped. <laughs> Be that type of person. Be remarkable because of your generosity and you will stand out and do that also because it's right and biblical. Okay, so that's like at the heart of the philosophy. Wow. That's great. And that shapes everything else. So then that leads to step two, 
discover careers. Okay, so here's the thing. You're not going to know what type of career you want to do if you don't know anything about careers. Mm -hmm. Another thing, which is kind of surprising, sometimes we might have a desire to do something which is wonderful, but there's a whole bunch of other careers we're not even aware of. And so one of the things we do in career development is try to expose students to new opportunities and careers they haven't thought of in various ways. We do marketplace visits. We bring in professionals and alumni from the city to talk about their work in various industries. We do panels, all this stuff to expose students to careers. You partner with a podcast trying to interview finance people. <laughs> exactly. We partner with amazing new innovative podcasts like this one, Life on Left. <laughs> uh, it's so important to discover careers, know what's out there. And then one of the best things to do actually is internet research. Hmm. There are sites like Vault, which have lists of careers and fields and descriptions of what is done. It's important to know the framework so then you can decide on your specific target. In addition to discovering careers, you got to discover yourself. You need to know your own interests, your own strengths, your own preferences. And sometimes people say, follow your passion. It's actually much more than that. A lot of times people don't even define passion. Um, what you need to know about yourself is first your strengths. Those are the activities that energize you and you're good at them, but you're not just good at them. You, they strengthen you. When you're done, you say, I've, I have more energy now, not less energy. Those are your strengths. And those who organize their careers around their strengths are more effective and engaged than those who don't. So know your strengths. Also know your other workplace preferences. What type of people do you prefer to work around? What geographic location? What um, type of work environment do you, do you prefer to work in? Do you prefer to be um, constantly interacting with people or have a type of job where you're mostly able to work individually? Um, there's a whole bunch, there's like five things I've defined um, and, and that's all based on research. Um, that you need to take into account in choosing a job. And what you're after is not just your passion, you're after matching your self-interest with the needs of others. Mm -hmm. In other words, matching your strengths and preferences with the needs of the world, which are expressed in job opportunities. Find the match and that's how you're gonna succeed. And you won't find mm -hmm. the match unless you discover careers and discover yourself. Then that leads to the third step, define your possible path. So all these start with D, except for the first one, L. This is the, the 5D and L method. Uh, so hopefully that makes it memorable. But define your possible path. Here's the thing, after you've done this research on careers in yourself, don't just pick one thing and say, that's what I'm gonna do. This is where design thinking comes in. Uh, there's a great book by a couple professors from Stanford called Designing Your Life and they apply design thinking to questions like this. And one of their fantastic points is um, you make better decisions if you create three Odyssey plans and test them in parallel. Instead of just coming up with one solution, seeing if that works, if it doesn't, then you move on to another one, come up with three simultaneously and test those all at once. Hmm then you get a really good sense for what you actually want. So with your, with careers, come up with three different careers you are interested in doing. Uh, the first one is what just automatically comes to you. If there is such 
if there is one in your case, you know, what you think you most want to do. The second is like a variation on that. And the third is something wild, something crazy you'd do if there was no money to worry about, don't got to worry about what people think, all that. So you define these three possible paths, research what's kind of involved in them, and then you start testing them. But, okay, and you test them through prototypes and internships and stuff, but here's the thing. You can't test them yet because first you need to develop the ability to get jobs. Mm. And you need to start doing jobs in college, not wait till the first uh, job after college so you can test out these paths. And the ability to find and land jobs um, is the most, one of the most important skills you can learn. It is one of the most difficult things. It's also one of the most important things because you need it for the rest of your life now, really, because as we talked about, the average um, person now changes jobs every three years mm -hmm. and might have three or four careers over the course of their life. So you need to know how to find and land jobs. And this involves self-marketing tools. Have a personal brand, create a personal branding statement, then use that to create your resume, create, know how to do cover letters, know how to interview, know how to negotiate salary. Along with that, know how to find job openings. Hmm. Realize the internet only reveals about 20% of the openings that are out there. So you can't just rely on that. Um, know how to get through, how to find the way in to these opportunities which mm -hmm. comes from referrals, not just applying online. You're, you, probably, that's probably not gonna work. It's like a 2% success rate. You need to know someone in the company or know someone who knows someone. That's what opens doors, which leads to informational interviews. Okay, so talking to professionals, you're not selling yourself, you're learning their story, and it's building a relationship. This builds your network, which is really crucial, and it's a way of testing careers. So in order to test out these three paths, you got prototypes. There's low cost prototypes and high cost prototypes. An internship is a high cost prototype. It's more involved, four months or whatever. An informational interview is a 30 minute conversation. Yeah. It's a way of testing out careers. You're talking to someone mm -hmm. in it, learning about their experience uh, and so forth. Do as many as you can while you're in college. And at King's, we have the people list, which is a list of people willing to do informational interviews, um, do these. And it also builds your network. And usually if you had a good conversation with these people, they're gonna be willing to help open doors for you. So, and, and then that's better. That's a better approach to finding out about job openings and uh, getting in the door with an interview than applying online. So that's, the step of develop your ability to find and land great jobs. And then after that is design your ideal career through prototypes. And that's I'll yeah. also I just described as well as the internships, informational interviews, that types of things. And then reflect on your experiences and re decide which of these three paths is the one I want to take, or do I need a different path altogether? And then the last step deploy and that's launch. That's getting your first job after graduation. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've tested these three paths. You've made a decision of the main direction you want to pursue. Now you're looking for a job in that field using the skills you've learned with your self-marketing, your resumes, all that stuff, and the connections you've developed 
to find the way into these companies that you want to work with. And then after that, after launch is keep building and growing and grow into leadership positions. Don't forget about that because that is part of King's mission. Uh, we are equipping students to shape and, and eventually lead strategic institutions. So have an eye on leadership and build your career um, with that in view. And we teach how to do that as well. Hmm. Well, I think, Matt, that also it's something you, you brought up something in there kind of, you know, develop your ability to find and land great jobs. I think, you know, for if you're a freshman listening to this podcast, you've got to start now. You've got to start thinking about how to do resumes and how to far too often people forget to do that until they're at the very end of their time in college. And really it is, it is a skill that you have to learn. And it's, an, it's like you said, it's one of the most important skills to learn, especially if you want to be able to launch truly a great career and not just move from one job to another or find something you're only okay with. You really have to get good at those things. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to just be moving from one job to another in an ad hoc fashion. My goodness, have a career goal, know how to find and land hmm. the jobs that you want. Yeah. Yep. Matt, you've mentioned uh, quite a few times throughout the podcast uh, that you have a huge, huge passion for reading and you've consumed an insane amount of books. Um, and personally, as me and Tyler being King students, we've both been in your office, which is floor to ceiling bookshelves. Um, what are some of the books that you would highly recommend for, uh, for career development? Yeah, great question. So yeah, I do have a huge passion for reading. And now being in lockdown, I've been able to do um, even more reading. <laughs> the first part of the lockdown, I was going deeper in things I'd already read, but now I've transitioned and doing some more learning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so some books I would recommend. Okay, first I would actually recommend reading a few of the great thinkers actually, not even on career development. It, there's just something, I, so I've been reading Aristotle the last week or so, his classic uh, Nicomachean Ethics. I think that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. It's on how, the, good, the goal of life. It's on the good life, how, what it is it, in the goal of life. And it, it, he answers it, the goal is happiness, but um, not in an ephemeral sense, but objective happiness, meaning from a life that's well lived and that comes through virtue. And it's an amazing book. And I feel like when I read someone like Aristotle or Jonathan Edwards or Adam Smith, any of the great thinkers, it's 50 times more helpful than even some of the best mm -hmm. business books that I, that I read. Uh, it, there's just something about it. So have that in your diet and at Kings, of course, that happens naturally. But I would recommend in terms of one of these great books, um, I would recommend like either reading the Federalist Papers or John Locke's two treatises on government, mm. which are amazing. That was foundational to the way we think about government in Western mm. society. Uh, read this, start with the second treatise. So two treatises on government, start with part two, then go back to part one. Um, when it comes to career development, per se, this book is fantastic. Mm. It's called The New Rules of Work. I love it. They've got the same kind of, I don't know what you call it, just style, kind of cool factor that Apple does, that this podcast does. Uh, just the way they understand the modern context and bring it a, a neat, that's mm. a crazy word, a neat way to things. Um, and they argue the world of work has changed in the last 20 years. And 
in order to succeed, we got to change the way we think about career development and know the new rules of work. And it gives a comprehensive approach hmm. to um, career development and succeeding. And it is really helpful. It even has templates for requesting informational interviews, wow. for reaching out to hiring managers. Um, you are on solid ground if you read this book. Uh, it is it is absolutely one of the best. And uh, the, the authors, the co-authors uh, started actually a career development organization website called The, the Moose. Hmm. And it's based here in New York City. And at some point I want to reach out to them and see if they'd be willing to come in and speak to the students or we could do a marketplace visit over there. It looks like a really cool company. Um, have them on the I, podcast. Yeah, yes, you guys should have them on the podcast. Um, they're amazing. They, there's some YouTube videos of them um, doing some talks and stuff. Uh, they've got great, great things to say. So as a student, I would say, um, I know you're busy. I know you already have a lot of reading to do in your classes and it's not enough. You mm -hmm. have to do additional reading on your own. You don't need to overload yourself like I do, but if you eat at minimum, at least one extra book per semester and don't neglect career development, don't let happen to you what happened to me where I felt like I was drowning and had no idea how to navigate career issues. Just read a book or two like this um, and you will be really serving your yourself for the rest of your life and of course we we exist in career development to help through meetings uh, our training workshops all that stuff I mean students see us on campus and on the monitors what we have going on so I mean we help it's not all on your own to, to you know to, to read a book um, and you got to do more than read a book but uh, man, I would really recommend that book the new rules of work yeah well, thank you, man. I think if you're a King student, do not be afraid to reach out to career development at careers at tkc.edu. Um, and then also exciting stuff going on. Career development's launching a website this summer. So there'll be all kinds of great resources uh, and things for King student to look there or non King students. You can go and look at all the different resources that Matt's creating uh, in career development. So exciting things going on, but Matt, I think this has been, this has been tremendous. The time's flown by. Uh, it's been great. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And I know this podcast is going to help many, many people. Well, we hope maybe we can in the future do another session with you and do some something on informational interviews or do something on resumes. Uh, it'd be great to have you back in the future. But thanks, Matt. Yep. Thanks. Hey, guys, just wanted to say thank you for joining us on this episode. We hoped you enjoyed it. Give us a follow on Instagram, Spotify, and LinkedIn at Life on Leverage Podcast to stay up to date with new episodes. If you're interested in learning more about the podcast, Tyler and I, or would like the links to any of our socials and all of our episodes, go check out our website, lifeonleveragepodcast.com. We also upload all kinds of resources on our website, like resume templates, helpful articles, and certifications we recommend. Feel free to reach out to us with any recommendations, questions, or requests. We love to hear feedback from our listeners on how to improve and what you guys are interested in hearing more about. Thanks again and see you next time.